Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Book Journeys Radio. My name is Angela Loria. I am the founder of the Author Incubator, creator of the Difference Process for Writing a Book That Matters, and a publisher with Difference Press. Every week on Book Journeys, we have uh, another author on here to talk about their experience writing their first book. And every once in a while, I am lucky enough to have an author that was published by Difference Press. And this week, uh, we are lucky enough to have with us Dawn Shaw, who is the author of Facing Up to It, which is a very special book to me because it was actually the first memoir that we ever published at Difference Press. I am passionate about memoir. It's my favorite genre to read. And um, I have always wanted to publish one. And Dawn's book is a, a very powerful memoir about her experience. Dawn, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm happy to be here. Yay. Why don't you why don't you tell everybody, let's just start off by telling them about about your journey and about this memoir. Well, I actually started the process in about two thousand five at the suggestion when I talk a little bit about myself and my experiences, I've had feedback. You should write this down. I've always been uh, considered myself to be a good writer, a creative writer. So finally, with some motivation, I actually took a step and started doing it. It certainly was not an easy process. It was a long process took about seven years from beginning to end. But, of course, I didn't write continuously that whole time. Why don't you start by telling people what the book is about so they know, uh, you know a little bit more about you and about the subject matter? Okay, well, the book is my story. I was born with a teratoma, which is a type of tumor, and it was protruding from the left side of my face. And... Uh, interrupting my ability to breathe and they removed the tumor it grew back the second time they took it out they took out bone nerve and muscle that caused paralysis on the left side of my face so basically i have what can be described as a facial difference Mm. and that has affected my life and the book uh and the book covers uh, what what aspect of your journey is? Well, I actually start the book. I, I talk about the experience of what it must have been like for my parents when I was born, the surgeries that I had, what it felt like, also the experiences I had with other people, how they reacted to me, the things that I had to learn in order to cope. And basically my coping mechanism was just simply to live my life. I decided Mm -hmm. not to let my appearance affect my ability to be, to have what would be considered a normal life. In some respects, I kind of went out of my way to make my life more interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty powerful story and certainly, um, you know, you haven't been handed the easiest deck of cards, but it's uh, it's it's a journey that I think anyone can relate to, even though your situation is pretty unique. Not everybody goes through, 
the experience of having a facial difference, but we all have differences, and we all process them in in our own way. So even though it's a very specific story, it's also a very universal one. Yes, definitely. That's a lot of the feedback that I get. And so a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that listen to the show are told by by their loved ones or friends or even, you know, teachers or mentors, you should write a book. Um, and they want to, but things stand in their way. And I know that your process took about seven years. Um, why don't you tell us about how you decided to write a book in the first place? And then what were some of the obstacles that came up along the way? Well, the decision to write the book simply, it it was just time. I have no other way to describe it. Um, I developed a sort of a friendship with somebody who happened to also be writing a book. And I think that's what probably uh, motivated me to actually sit down and start it. What made it both easy and difficult for me is because it was my story. And mm. I could, it was easy in that, well, the material, it, it's all there. And the, the, I wrote, the, the book originally was 500, over 500 pages. So I just chose the tactic of, of just writing basically everything. And then trying to, with the help of an editor, figure out what are the more significant aspects. Would you recommend that approach? If if that's what works for Mm. some people, I think I know that one of the things I got caught up in was trying to be too much of a perfectionist the first time around. I'd write a a few paragraphs and or a chapter, and it'd be like, how is how is this going to be done the minute I write it? And it just doesn't work that way. You, it's a process. You just get it out. In my case, I needed to get it on paper. I could always go back and fill in detail, make things more. For me, the biggest issue at first was telling. I was telling the story instead of living the story on the page. Mm. So I had a lot of revisions that was like, I needed to make this. I needed my emotional, my feelings to come out more into what I was writing. And I'd revise it, and I would be told, ah, you have to feel it. I knew we need more, 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 more. I was like, I don't have any more. It's like, yes, you do. Go find it. Find okay. it. And so the whole, for the whole seven years, were you, were you writing and working on it consistently, or would you take breaks or get blocked? What was, what was that I would like? take breaks. I, I don't know if writer's block is a a correct term in my case, but I would definitely take breaks. Whenever you're writing about something that's painful, that's very difficult, it's easy to just avoid it. I would go for months at a time and not write. It was always in my mind. And the one thing that I will say that I always knew, I always knew I would finish it. I didn't know it would take me that long, but I always knew. I had no doubt in my mind that I would finish it. But I definitely think that sort of mindset is one of the keys to actually finishing it. Um, just just knowing, almost everybody I interview on this show will say something similar, that, you know, they knew it was going to get finished. They weren't sure how or when, but they knew that it, it would eventually cross the finish line. 
what was your what was your motivation for writing the book? Was it really was it something you were writing for yourself, or did you have another goal in mind? It was always my intent to share it. I wanted it to be published. I wanted it to be out there in the world. I kind of would joke with myself and with other people, the, the book will make me famous but not rich. Well, uh-huh. I hasn't done either, but I, I do know that it's early in the process for me in terms of having the book out there. But right. I, it's, um, I just lost the question. <laughs> oh, uh, just just in terms of like, what was your what was your motivation? What was when I coach clients one on one, I talk about the big why. Like, what's your what was your why? What was your reason? Because it's a big commitment to write a book. It takes a long time, and you mentioned especially with a memoir, there's an emotional component. There's an emotional toll, and so you know, I was just wondering like why. Why go through this? Why tell your story? Why tell your story in in such a, a permanent medium or that specific medium? What do you think motivated well, you? There were two things. One, it obviously was a process that helped me grow personally. I learned a lot about myself during the process. But also, and more outwardly, I wanted my story to be shared because I felt like people could benefit from it. I felt like there were people who might be isolating themselves because they look different or that might not have confidence that could read it and say, oh, wow, she looks like this, and yet she's married and is productive and and does things and gets out there, and that's what I wanted to be able to convey to the world. It's, mm. So it's possible. It's possible. You don't have to look normal to be normal. Yeah. When I work with clients that are working on memoirs, um, one of the things that comes up for them is the people in their life uh, reading the memoir. And <laughs> you know, I hear a lot about mothers, um, but how their you know how their mother is going to feel when she reads this section or that section. Was that? something that was an issue for you and if so how did you deal with it um yes it definitely was um my mother especially uh i was worried about god so I, I never i never nothing that i said I, I was very careful actually to not say anything in fact my editor was like well you have to put more in about your family i'm like i don't want to but i did i tried to do that i just my family was very supportive throughout my whole life. I don't have anything bad to say about my family and the support they gave me. There was probably the most significant issue with me, and I almost hesitate to bring it up, was the religious aspect. I was worried that my mother would be disappointed in my religious choice or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And, well... Unfortunately, I kind of got out of that problem because my mother passed away in February right after the book came out. So I didn't have to deal with that. But it was kind of sad, too, because she had actually been really looking forward to reading it. And I had come to terms with the idea that she would read it. And I had decided that I was okay with that. 
I don't think anybody else in my family has read it, and that's their choice. I've given them a copy. It's their choice. You know, that's something that's something I've also um, talked to a, a lot of people that have written memoirs about, that, um, that they're surprised that their family members don't want to read the book or don't read their book. Why do you think why do you think that is and and how has that affected you? Again, it's I've kind of come to terms with God. I think well my dad, especially with my mom's passing not too long ago, I think it would be very painful for him. My dad especially. Even when he mm. come to um like book readings, because he did come to a book reading he the emotions that he has are very mixed. And even though I don't feel like I'm saying anything negative, it's all open to interpretation. That's so, trick. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Definitely. And, yeah, and as far you as anybody word else, things as carefully as you want, but people will. Your all of your readers, any of your readers, will interpret them. Um, you know, we'll interpret them in different ways. Yeah, and sometimes I am surprised at what comes back, what comes back to me, what I think I wrote, or what I, I sure I wrote, and how it, it fed that to me. And it's not always bad. It's just different. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, we can we can only tell our truth, and then it becomes a product of, you know, other people's imaginations and experiences that we don't have control of. So I'm sure this... Yeah. Go ahead. I I was just going to say, I'm getting to a point where I I no longer feel like I need to defend myself because it is my point of view. Hmm. And other people don't have to agree. It's like, I think my dad actually said to me one time, that he read, like, the first chapter, and he said, gee, I didn't remember it that way at all. And I said, well, I just kind of had to guess. I've got some input from my parents and my family while I was writing the book, but not a huge amount. So I had to kind of imagine what it must have been like Hmm. in some of the cases that I can't possibly remember. Right, right. So... I'm sure it has happened that you have, uh, you know, met people since becoming an author and they have asked you uh, how how you did it or advice that you would have for them. What advice do you give to people, especially people that want to write a personal memoir that, you know, may bring up some issues for their family members or may, um, you know, be hard in some ways for themselves, for their own emotional journey? What what would you tell people? What do you tell well, them? I would- I would say do it. Uh, just try to do it as best you can and just get it out. You can always burn it or you can always hide, hide it away. You don't ever have to put it out publicly. But I do believe that people, especially if they've lived very difficult experiences, just getting it emotionally out, catharsis, if you want to call it that, is valuable. And sometimes they realize that they have feelings that they didn't even know they had. And it comes out during the process. And was that something that happened too. for you? Yes, I can't. I don't really have anything specific that I could use as an example, but I do know. Uh, well, on a simple level, whenever I think about, because it brings up a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, nostalgia, and mm. sometimes I think, well, I'll try to reconnect with this person from my past. 
and sometimes right. I, I usually I was just not was not successful. I couldn't find them. And on the one or two times that I did, it was kind of like, you know, I think I know why I moved on. Mm. It's not that the person has changed. It's that I've changed. Yeah. And the way I perceived a certain situation or a certain individual at the time is totally different than how I perceive it now. And it's like, okay, that's my past. It can stay there. Right. Whereas... Right. um, and sometimes I've been able to make some very positive uh, connections. So. And so um, what is something that has come out of having a book, um, something in your life that has happened that wouldn't have happened without the book? It's all part of the process. I'm actually transitioning into becoming a public speaker. I am a uh, motivational speaker. And... This is coming out because I wrote this book. And Mm. it's allowed me to connect with people. The combination of the book and the speaking has allowed me to... I'm starting to seek out and find people all over the world who have a, a facial difference. And I'm learning about their stories. And some of them are, like me, trying to make changes in how we're perceived, how we're treated and in dispelling the ignorance of other people. So it's been important wow, to make huge. those connections. Yeah, fascinating. So um, for you, uh, the process of writing a book took about four years, or about seven years. You worked yeah. with an editor. You worked with, uh, did you work with any other um, professionals to help you get it done? Do you think having, uh, you know, other, other like, an editor and things like that were those things you would recommend to other people? Oh, absolutely, you need an editor. And as a um, advisor told me early, early in the process, when you have an editor, make sure you hire somebody who really is an editor rather than somebody who just says they can edit. I mean, your your brother-in-law it's probably not a good choice to be your editor. It should be somebody who's totally objective and who actually has some success. Try to get recommendations, references. You know, read if they're a writer, read what they write. Uh huh. Um, but I would just editors are. I mean, my editor changed my story. I mean, not changed it, but she totally redirected how I presented my story and it made a huge difference and are there other are there other I want to say expenses are there other things you spent money on during the process that you would say this is a good use of money I would recommend it or this is something that you know maybe I wouldn't do if I was doing it a second time um for me um not not so much um, I mean, I, I, I'm not quite sure where to go with that. I right. mean, I had a, there are, I had a personal there, advisor. I always try and, I always try and ask authors, like especially in the process of writing, like where are good places to make investments? Because it's like you know, books. There are lots that you can spend as much money as you want on a book. Um, right. Exactly. And and how do you make? How do you make those decisions? Like you want the best book possible, but at the same time you don't want to 
necessarily spend your life saving getting the best book possible. So it well, sounds I like do. to you the number one thing was a good editor that you have a good relationship with and you like their work and you trust them. Yeah, well, and working with, with your company, Angela, also gave me the advantage of having a, a someone who designs the cover and someone who designs the interior. I still had input, but I also, I believe it's important to have someone, to have other people around you help you interpret what you've done. Mm. That's and a great I think, point. Yeah. Yes, and so just, I, we'll I, talk about publishing a little bit. So some people with a memoir may go with a traditional publisher. They'll find an agent, the work of the traditional publisher, and that publisher will have they will they will have bought the copyright, so they will own your personal story, and they will have full say over things like the title and the imagery used. And you may in your contract get something called a consultation which means they will ask you, do you like this cover? But they won't necessarily change it for you. And some people who publish will self-publish, and they will literally go and find their own artist to do the cover design and the interior design, and they will um, they will approve everything. They'll pick the artist, they'll decide whether or not to pay them and if they like it and how many versions, and they have full control. And then with a company like mine, um, like the Difference Press, it's a little bit of a combination. Our company works in partnership with the author, so the author maintains the copyright. Ultimately, they get the final say. But instead of having to learn how to become a publisher and learn how to do good cover design, they're working with um, artists and art directors that have done many books and know those elements. So you're getting the feedback that you would get from a, a major publishing company, um, but not if you were self-publishing. But at the same time, you have some of the control, more of the control, than you would with a traditional publisher. So it's sort of a, a balance in a way. Um, but obviously, there's a cost-benefit analysis there, which is that when you self-publish, you do it yourself, but you also get 100% of the profit. Um, yeah, but there is still, I mean, I know it's changing, but there is still that stigma associated with self-publishing. And yeah, I realize I some agree. people have done it very successfully, and kudos to them. But I think for the majority of people, I look at a book and it's, oh, it's self-published. Um, okay. So. And a lot of times they look self-published. Um, you know, yeah, I get a yeah, lot of manuscripts, and I get a lot of books sent to me, and you know, you don't want to be able to see from across the room that it's a self-published book. That's one thing. And if it's your first book, it's probably going to look self-published. I mean, our, our first book does not look as good as our 20th book, for sure. So, well, and um, I, you know. I, I also think because it's not, my book is not self-published, It, I believe I do have some added credibility. Mm-hmm when I go out and say, yes, I'm an author, and they're like, well, did you self-publish? No, no, I didn't self-publish. So right. I think they actually like to hear that it's not self-published. Right. Right. I mean, if I was so, handling all the sales myself and I didn't care, it wouldn't matter. But right. when you're using it for promotion, it does matter. Well, and that's really the key is there's lots of different ways to publish your book you want to look at. Uh, you know, the the way that's going to benefit you, which depends on 
your goals, your goals for the book and your goals for yourself. Right. So um, what a, when you think about the uh, the process of the process of getting your book published, what were some of the challenges or surprises that came up after your manuscript was done, um, but before it was actually printed and available for purchase? What were some of the well, obstacles that came up for you? Well, for me, I um, I started uh, putting it out there because I was looking for what we call advanced praise. And I had somebody that I know who is an author read it and just basically the review she gave back to me was not a very good review. So I about had a panic attack. Um, but that was actually the beginning of what became the process of realizing that not everybody's going to love it. And you have to accept it for what it is. It doesn't mean that it's not good. It doesn't mean that people are not getting something from it. It doesn't mean that it's not achieving its goal. It just means that not everybody is going to look at it the same way mm. and interpret it the same way. Mm. Some people put more and how, value. And what, that's, that's a really hard thing for people, even not even not with memoirs. I mean, all of my... All of my clients, when I'm coaching people, I'm writing their books. It's important to them that they write a good book and they want people to like it. So, what have you what have you learned about negative feedback, and how do you handle that now? Uh, you know, when once the book is out there, there's not really much you can do about it except think, well, all right, that's uh, interesting feedback. And just because they have a certain opinion doesn't mean that it's reflective on the work as a whole. Basically, like, this is my story. And I had a certain goal with it to help people understand that it's possible to live a normal life and look different. And I think that comes out in the book. So you just have you have to roll with it. I mean, it's like if you produce a movie and a lot of people love it and a lot of people hate it. Not everyone. It's like how you are. I mean, not everybody likes me as a person. I know it's hard to believe, yeah. but it's true. So I think that's true for all of us, for sure. Exactly. And every everything, people are, everybody has a different viewpoint. They have different opinions. They have different, some come from things from different angles. So you you just kind of take it. You don't throw it away by any means, but you just take it, file it, and move on. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's tough. I mean, when you put it out, you make a choice. When you put it out to the world, you're making a choice. But you have to accept that as well, as well as all the good stuff. Mm. It's balance. So There's what, a balance. So, so why is it? So so why is it worth it? What's the best thing to come out of becoming an author for you? It gives me that avenue to get out there and share my story in person. And I think being a speaker is what I'm meant to be doing. Wow. And I didn't realize that until I was writing this book. That is so powerful. That's so powerful. So many people have a story, a hard lesson that they've learned, experience that they've accumulated, and 
being able not just to apply that information in your own life but to help others, I think is, you know, even a lot of people write books because they're thinking it's a way to make money or, you know, generate revenue and sell the rights to make a movie, which I do think your story would be a great movie. Um, well, that's but a I nice think compliment. The, <laughs> but I think besides the money aspect, there is such a gift in being able to to share things that necessarily weren't weren't easy to come by. You know, lessons that were that took a long time to process, and um, you know, being able to even make a small difference in people's lives is is a pretty powerful way to lead the planet. And what I always say is, once you have written a book you absolutely have a legacy. I mean, you might have other things in your legacy, but your book will always be in your legacy and uh, and and makes you, in a small way, immortal. You know, your story will be there for for people to, to read after you're gone, which I think is also pretty powerful. So any, um, in our last minute or so, any parting words of advice that you would give to somebody that wants to tell a deeply personal story about how to make that, maybe some something you feel like you did wrong, you would do differently, or maybe not wrong, but something you'd do differently if you were doing it again? Mm, that, that's tough because it, it was a process. It, it took what it took. I mean, could it have taken less mm. than seven years? Absolutely. But on the other hand, that if that's what it took for me to do it, then that's not wrong. Um, a lot of people Love also it. think that maybe their story's not very interesting. But that's where, see what happens when they put it on paper. A good writer mm-hmm. can make an average story interesting. A bad writer yeah. can make a phenomenal story unreadable. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. Your journey, I, I, I call this show Book Journeys, and that's because every book is almost like a living being to me, and they all have their own journey, and they take what they take, and some are fast, and some are slow, and, you know, some linger on a long time, and they're, they're all different, and being able to accept that your journey is your journey, and if you were born to write a book, that experience is going to be something that will be part of your life in the way that it needs to be. So I really appreciate you sharing your story. Facing Up To It is Dawn Shaw's book. You can find it at facinguptoit.com. You can find her book at Amazon. Uh, and if you are interested in hearing uh, Dawn speak, uh, you can also uh, check out her website to learn more about that. So facinguptoit.com. Dawn Shaw, uh, be sure to check out her book. And uh, when you read it, leave a review on Amazon. Uh, I encourage everybody to do that for the books you read. It definitely helps the authors. So, uh, Dawn, thanks for being here on Book Journey. Well, thank you for having me.